Welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast with yours truly, Amy Hageman. I uh, <laughs> I am talking about the dark night of the soul again. So a few episodes back, I shared about a dark night of the soul that I was going through. And um, at the time, I thought that I was coming out of it. I was nearing the daylight on the horizon. But um, I was wrong, and that was actually just the warm-up of the season, of the dark night season. Dark season of the soul, I guess. Um, so that's, that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about today. I'm going to share a little bit more about what's been going on. Not much, but enough so you can get the gist. And then I'm going to just process some things as I go. I have literally four notes that I'm going to work from, so I'm just going to talk it out with you. Um, I think I've mentioned this recently, but sometimes this podcast, sometimes what motivates me is the desire to be my own voice of guidance or to give voice to the guidance that I'm getting. So I'm recording this for me. And by the time this airs, maybe I will be out of the dark night of the soul and maybe I won't. And hopefully I will listen to it in the future and it will feel soothing, healing, insightful, something like that. And hopefully you can get something out of it too. So I'm going to give you just the background of what's been going on in a very vague, very vague statements. But I just... Everybody is healthy and alive and well. So in case you're worried about the well-being of me or my family, you do not need to be worried. Everyone's alive and well. But what has been going on is I'm going to call it forced vulnerability. Um, vulnerability that I did not choose or sign up for, which is very interesting. For those of you that know me personally, I'm not a person with a lot to hide. I'm a very open book. Um, but lately the universe spirit has been forcing me to look at some less than perfect things about myself. Um, not quote bad things, not wrong things, but unpleasant things about myself. Um, and I've had some past traumas resurface, uh, Last week or the week before, I referenced having an anxiety attack, and that was a triggered by a trauma. It's my first time having an anxiety attack and having a real, like, traumatic experience. So I'm assuming they're resurfacing as an opportunity for me to have a deeper healing process, a releasing process. It has been a lot. It's been very much a lot. A lot of very intense feelings. Um, I've just been exhausted because there's just been a lot of sort of false, forced vulnerability. And on, on all of the sides, <laughs> personal, professional, as a friend, as a mom, as a wife, as a channel, as a medium, like all of it, things are coming up everywhere where my imperfections are being kind of shoved in my face. And... Um, I mean, luckily, I'm not a perfectionist, so I usually have some amount of resilience. But this has been very deep and also plentiful and in every direction. So 
that's the background of what's been going on with me. I know that's vague, but the details don't actually matter. What matters is like, what are the lessons? What what are the reminders <laughs> that I need that you might also need? And as I said, I wrote down four things. We're going to talk about four things. Number one, trusting the process. Knowing that you are in the cocoon, even... Even if you stink at flying when you become that butterfly, you're not going to die. You'll, you'll take a few, you know, flaps of your wings and then, and then you will fly. So part of this dark night of the soul is the mush where, you know, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and the caterpillar disintegrates, becomes like my a pile of mushy goo basically um dark nights of the soul are often that that is why they are so dark is because you are sort of decomposing things that are not working for you and whether that's something about you and your personality or whether that's an outer circumstance but the world as you know it is changing and there's a reason why caterpillars go into a cocoon to have that process. That's not a process that is easily and safely had in the wild open earth. And so for us, when we are having our dark night, it's important that we allow ourselves to be in the cocoon that we are to the best of our ability and capacity that we are creating our own safe space and that we're trusting that this process so like let's say right now I'm the pile of goo the mushy goo inside the cocoon I'm trusting that at some point I will not be a pile of goo at some point there will be a next step to the process. And again, I might come out as a butterfly that just isn't flying all that well, doesn't know how to get the wings right, but I'm not going to hit the ground and get stepped on. I'm going to be able to figure it out. I'm not going to, you know, leave the cocoon and score a 10 out of 10 on the how to be a butterfly ranking, <laughs> but I'm going to be okay. So trusting the process. When you are in your dark night, as I am in my dark night, I remember that I've, I've done this before, y'all. We've all done this. We've all gone through these changes where it is not fun. It is not fun. It's confrontational. It's scary. Um, there's often grief work. I mean, it's dark nights of the soul are called that for a reason. And not all transformation requires the dark night, requires that you be a pile of goo. But when you are having that night, I'm reminding you to trust that it is just a part of the process. There are some transformations that are worthy of the dark night. There's some growths and learnings that, that we don't need a dark night for. 
we go we go to the weekend retreat and we meditate and we whatever and we walk out a better person. We have whatever healing, right? But there are some, like going from a caterpillar to a dang butterfly, that's going to require a step back and becoming a pile of goo. I don't know what my next step is. So in the caterpillar metaphor, I don't know if the caterpillar knows that it's going to be a butterfly, like to what extent it knows it, or does it just know that the next step is the cocoon? And even if it knows it's going to be a butterfly, it doesn't know exactly what it looks like, exactly where it's going to go, what it's going to do once it's a butterfly. It doesn't know all that stuff. It just knows the next step is getting the cocoon. So we all have to do that with ourselves. I'm in this dark night. I am trusting that this is here for a purpose and it will lead to something, the next iteration of myself. Do I know what that is going to be? Not exactly. I have some ideas based on the pain points that I've been going through and based on the trauma that's resurfacing. I have some ideas about what that might be, but I don't know. At this point, I'm just trying to get through being a big pile of gooey mush. I'm just trying to survive the transformation process. And I don't have to know what the next step is. I'm just trusting that this is not going to last forever. It is not going to kill me. This is just part of the process. And some transformations are worth it. And I'm going to trust that it will be worth it. Okay, that was my point number one, trusting the process. Number two, the process of growth, personal growth, is a helix. Now, this is my, <laughs> this is my vision in my head. Um, for those of you that are aware of like spiral dynamics, um, that is, I'm going to have, I will leave notes in the podcast show notes about spiral dynamics who wrote it in the book but it's talking about the levels of consciousness being a spiral and I always like the idea of the spiral because it starts in a certain spot and then as you go up the spiral it gets wider and I feel like that has been what is happening in my dark night and in previous dark nights, and in growth. So I start in a very specific spot. Like, here's this version of who I am. And then, let's say I'm going to add better boundaries. Let's say that's part of my growth is better boundaries. Well, I start better boundaries just with my friends or just with my kids. And then I add work relationships or then I add my family. And as I'm, as I'm adding that new skill set in different areas of my life, then the change gets wider, right? Like the helix went from being very tight to being wider. So it's spiraling up and it's getting wider. So as I'm incorporating the new skill of boundaries, let's say, in different areas of my life, the change gets wider. It takes up more um, presence in my life. And then once I've incorporated this new skill or this new belief in as wide a circle as I can in my life, 
then I come to this new level of sort of mastery and self-definition where I continue to evolve it and refine it to the point that I have a new identity. And that's where the helix gets small again. So it's like we continue to grow in the shape of a helix. And when the helix is tight, that's when we know who we are. And we're like, oh, this is who I am. This is how I behave. This is this is me. And then it starts to open up again. And that's that is our growth. We will learn something new about ourselves, And then we'll learn it in a different context and we'll add it to this other context. And then we'll see, well, how does that, what, how does that affect me professionally? How does that affect me personally? And we go wide and we take that growth wide into all aspects of our life. And then once we hit that sort of, I guess, plateau of the areas of our life that are going to be affected by this change, then that's when we really start to, to master it and get good at it. And it becomes more a part of us rather than a practice. It becomes more of an automatic behavior. And that's when that helix closes again. So for me, and if you don't know what a helix looks like, you're going you're gonna to have to just Google what does a helix look like so that you can see what I mean. But to me, it's this ongoing process where we, we start at a point at a fixed point and, you know, fixed in quotation marks, but we start at this fixed point, this definition of who we are and how we operate. And then we start to open up to whatever is next. And then that opening has to get wider and wider and wider until we fully incorporated our capacity, essentially. And then once we've hit that capacity, then we rein it in and we hone it and we refine it until we hit the next iteration of self. I used to be a person that really struggled with jealousy, um, predominantly in romantic relationships, but just in general, I struggled with jealousy. So at the bottom of, of my little helix, I had this point where like, this is who I was. I'm a very loving person, a hardworking person, and I have jealousy. Well, I started to work on my jealousy and it started, you know, right in my romantic relationships. Oh, how am I going to manage this jealousy? Blah, 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 blah. And I started to heal that just a little bit. I made a little bit of progress. And as I started to heal that, it was revealed to me all the other areas of my life where jealousy was was holding me back in some way, either from getting the greatest extent out of my relationships or from being the person I want to be in the world. But in some way, jealousy was holding me back. And so I started to incorporate my learnings and practicing about jealousy that I had started on the romantic realm, it started to incorporate in other areas of my life. So that's what I mean by going wide. And then once I really got it, I I just, I got it. <laughs> oh, this is what jealousy does to me. And this is the underlying belief. And it it is true or some version of it is true over here, over here and over there got it. Once I really was able to understand how it was affecting me in all aspects, like the widest part of that helix, then I was able to bring it back in and say, okay, but who am I now? Now that I know I, I'm, I'm healing this jealousy, it's not serving me anymore. There's an abundant world. I'm loved. Whatever the new belief is, who, who am I now? And so I go up to the next little part of the helix chain.
that's the next identity. So that's what I mean by growth is a helix is we don't stop growing. The helix keeps going and we keep, we hit the next little part of the chain, the next little part. But in between those growth points, we have to get expansive. We have to see how is this thing that we're working on affecting us in all areas of our life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, cognitively, personally, professionally. Like how is, how is this affecting us in all areas of our life? We have to go wide before we can really hone it and refine it. So growth is a helix. And in between those, you know, thin points where it comes together, we're going to have some dark night moments. We're going to have some caterpillar of the soul moments. But I, I think for me, the reason why thinking of growth as a helix is helpful is because whenever I hit the new thing, the new lesson, the new trauma, like whatever the thing is, I can just expect I'm not going to heal this in one area of my life. I'm going to heal this in all areas of my life, which means I'm going to have to go wide. And I may not want to, but that's going to be the process. And I, if I don't choose to go wide, if I don't dive into it, you know, with free will, that is fine because the universe is going to provide me the opportunity. Universe will provide for my highest good. And so when we are dealing with something, just know you're going to go wide. You're going to deal with it in lots of different areas of your life so that you can fully heal it or transform it. Okay, so that was number two, growth as a helix. Here's the third thing I got for you, for me. Everything is here to help you. It's a book by Matt Kahn. You know what's funny is years ago, I was talking to my friend. Um, can I give, I'm going to say shout out to Brianne here. Shout out to Brianne. I was talking to my friend years ago, back when she lived in Houston, about me wanting to be a spiritual teacher. And I wrote her an outline of something, like a chapter of a book or something. And I didn't write everything is here to help you. I wrote everything happens for you. Nothing happens to you. Everything happens for you. Um, and she and I just remember having a long conversation with her about that idea and how that shows up. Never wrote the book. Um, so congrats to Matt Kahn, who has a wonderful book. Everything is here to help you. Um, but it's it's an idea that's been with me for a long time that has served me very, very well. Very well. A lot of times for many reasons as humans things happen and we think it's a problem or it's bad or it's something that we just have to overcome but that is it's just never the case everything happens so that we can be better for it so that we can have more love more understanding so that we can be closer to spirit there's there's always an opportunity everything is here to help and I know that's hard to hear. A lot of times people go through dark nights of the soul because they lost a loved one or something that was outside of their control that nobody would ever choose has happened. But what if that was there to help you? How would that serve you? 
Who does that help you become because you've had this experience? There are reasons things happen. You know, the the Course in Miracles talks about your highly individualized curriculum. We're all here with different learning curriculums, different purposes, different lessons. And so we have different things that happen because they're here to help us with our curriculum. What is ours to learn? What is ours to give? It is here to help us. Maybe all it is is here to help you live out your purpose. Maybe it's not about you transforming and changing. Maybe it's just about providing you the opportunity to show up exactly as you are. But everything is here to help you even and especially dark nights of the soul. Okay, the fourth thing I want to talk about, um, and I, I guess I'll share a little bit about this, is getting new guides, finding new teachers. Sometimes that's, that's, that's what needs to happen when, when we hit these dark nights of the soul. I mean, think about if the caterpillar needed help, it would ask other caterpillars or other similar animals that could understand a caterpillar life. A butterfly needing help can't go to a caterpillar or other similar bugs. Like they don't have the same understanding. So it's possible that as you go through dark nights of the soul, that you may need some different teachers. And I will share part of, so with my dark night of the soul, I, I've actually stepped back from readings for a while. Um, by the time this airs, I'll I'll probably be doing readings, but I've stepped back because I'm in the process of getting new guides. I've met two new guides and I'm learning how to work with them and I'm receiving my information differently than I used to. And it's it's that messy, gooey middle where I'm like, wait, this isn't how I how I used to channel. This isn't who I used to work with. I'm not. I'm not quite comfortable yet. I lo- I'm liking the new guides. It feels good. It feels like the next right step. It's not a problem, but I'm not comfortable yet. It's not, you know, it's like I got, I was given wings, but I don't quite know how to fly. So that is often the process with transformation. We need, we need guides. We need new teachers. So just know that, know, have an eye out for that, that you might, you might have to look for some new teachers and it might not be comfortable at first. It's not going to be what served you before might not serve you anymore. It's going to be different. So think about in this version of yourself, what is it that you most need? And maybe ask your current teachers, where do they go? When they have situations like this come up, and by teachers, I'm, I might mean it might be authors, it might be podcasters, like people that you listen to that help you influence your own life. Where do they go when they struggle? You might need new guides. You might need new teachers. Maybe that's going to be the key. Oh, my gosh. I got a new, she's no longer with us, Cecile. Oh, my gosh. I had... um. I got a counselor when I was in college. I'd gone through a pretty big depression 
And my mom recommended that I see this woman, Cecile. She was a counselor at my church. And um, that changed my life. It totally changed my life. And when I first worked with her, I was, I don't know, I was doubtful. She was a sweet lady. She obviously had a lot of spiritual truth, but I didn't know her. I wasn't sure about the process. You know, I just, meh. I was like, we're going to try this out, but I've been depressed for a long time, so I'm not really expecting it was going to do me any good, right? But I, I worked with her for years and had many shifts, many miracles with her. So sometimes you just need a new teacher and a new guide. All right, I didn't take any notes on how to on how to close this out. And I haven't plugged my computer in, so it's telling me it's going to it's going to turn itself off. So, I'm going to end it here. And I'm just going to tell you I'm learning to trust the process. I'm willing to support myself while I'm in the cocoon. I'm knowing that growth is a helix, it's never done. Everything is here to help me. I will have a butterfly moment when the time is right. And hopefully I'll take a victory lap. (laughs) Hopefully I'll take a minute to look in the mirror and appreciate the wings and take a victory lap. So for all of you out there, I'm sending you love and support for anybody going through a hard time right now or listening to this in the future. Mm. I I see you. I, I feel you. I know the the depth of the pain and the confusion and the doubt about what's up ahead. I get it. I really do. Everything is here to help you. Trust the process. It's messy, but it's good. That's all for today, loves. I hope you guys are having a fabulous week. Happy, um, happy October. And talk to you next week. Bye.